Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Greetings, everyone. Good morning. Morning, morning. <laughs> you sound like an uncle. Morning, morning, morning. Hello, everybody. I'm Welcome. rubbing my hands like an uncle as well. Look. <laughs> right. Quick, but... Hello, everyone on InstaG. Hello, everyone on Zoom. Thanks to the one person on Zoom who's got their camera on. Big up yourself. Uh, so today is the uh the property duo show james are we ready you don't look like you're ready you're looking distracted mate what is happening on your instagram is frozen on your face james oh there it's we go done. it's fine there we go right are you ready or are you, you oh, i'm ready your... man i'm ready come on leave it out or... let's get started it was so welcome everyone to episode 11 11 baby yeah 11 11 we passed 10 that's like a, a milestone isn't it or something in numbers it's like a nice round number so uh welcome everyone we are talking about motivation and your why today and how they combine to make you a a more effective person and potentially make your business and your personal life a lot better so as you can see the property duo doesn't talk about property much but uh it all relates to property and it's the stuff that maybe people don't teach you or people don't speak about that we like to cover. Uh, if you have any questions, especially those on Instagram, please save it for the end because we probably won't see as we're going along because this is a live podcast. And if you're on the podcast, please leave a review. Yep. Reviews. I've had some people say, I didn't know you could do that. Yep. Facebook on the Facebook pages for our podcast or on iTunes or Apple. You can't leave it on Spotify. You have to go to Facebook or iTunes or Apple. If you ain't got that, go to the Apple store, innit? Leave us a review. Right. So uh, before we start, James, we're going to do our usual uh, updates from the hosts or, or us. So, uh, James, tell me, it's what? What are we in the third and three and a half fifth month of lockdown? Uh, how is life? How is business? What's happening? Talk to me. Yeah, no, life is good, man. Life is good. Um, the, the deals are moving along nicely. Those ones we talked about up in the northeast um so those should be looking to uh exchanging complete very very soon so i'm excited about that uh had some issues raising the remaining uh uh build cost money because uh, uh the investor decided they didn't want to invest because they were all already invested in some certain person's deal so that screwed it for me thank you very much <laughs> trying to help you out i screwed myself up I, don't, I just think the investor doesn't like you, to be honest. So, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, something like that. No, their words were had we not invested in that other deal you told us about, we would have been all cool. So, yeah, kicking the nuts on that one. But apart from that, yeah, all good. Um, I finally got my property back. Uh, Section 48 served. HMO is now back in my control. That doesn't mean that the tenants have now, they haven't gone. They've pretty much turned around and said, like, you know, we need some time to get out of here. So, I have decided to. I said to him, look, I will wipe any backdated rent that you owe, providing you leave within the month. And if you don't leave within a month, I will enforce that backdated rent on you. Uh, so I'm hoping they're going to just, um, you know, abide by that and say, you know what, look, he's being fair to us. The house is in a bit of a shit tip anyway. We need to leave. So, you know, thanks very much, James. Uh, we'll take that and we'll go. I think because a lot of them are just worried about getting CCJs now. If it does go to court, well, it won't go to court immediately, but when it does... Um, so I'm trying to work with them. So point being, in a situation like this, you need to try and work with the tenants. And that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Even though they owe me nearly four months worth of rent, I still have to keep a smile on my face and, uh, you know, bite my bottom lip when one of them says something stupid. But, you know, that that's what it is. But good news is it's back in my control. Um, apart from that, um, I'm all good, mate. How about you? What's going on in the world of Tedge? uh yeah not much a rent all rent paid again um i have one tenant who pays it early although i I don't know why every month he pays it early so maybe we've got it confused about which day it's meant to be paid but i i'm I'm happy uh tenants moved in and another house they've been there for about a week all is good i've got another tenant start moving in on monday and i've got to change some doors in the property and uh, tap before then 
so just basics of you know being a landlord um nothing much i mean tenants are, are pretty interesting actually all the different profiles i fired another letting agent um the other day because it was like it was like 81 days and it was like i know some of it was locked down so i gave them a break um but it was just underperformance there was like tenant <clears throat> demand was nothing it was just i was like oh. i literally was like are you embarrassed about how long you've taken like are you happy with how long it, you've taken to do nothing and basically he just swerved the questions so i was like yeah you're a dickhead so got rid of him and there was like a 14 day period where you couldn't use another agent but he said oh you know don't worry about it i was like well i wasn't gonna follow it either way mate like you're, <laughs> you're off and i was gonna like fuck you you're gonna sue me um for your i'll sue you for underperformance you bastards so um yeah, that's interesting. That's the second agent I fired. The first, the one before wasn't bad, wasn't that bad or as bad as this one. This one was like, and I'm also selling a property through them, which I've taken off during lockdown, but I'm probably going to relist with someone else uh, because I'm just like, nah, you lot, you lot are taking the piss, even though they weren't too bad on the sales side. Uh, and that's another lesson that I keep saying is hire slowly, fire fast. You know, I, I took too long to fire the this letting agent I actually just didn't realize how long had passed um mm-hmm. but keep track of these things and every two weeks every month check in with wh- whoever and say or, or look and say okay what results have we got you know especially something with like letting agents when they're finding tenants yes I'm pushing the market rent yes I'm in areas that will take longer to find working tenants potentially but you know when I've got other people in worse areas finding sort of similar tenants, it's like, well, it's not the area to blame. It's, it's the shitty supplier. So yeah, drop them quickly and, and try and ensure your contracts have get out quickly clauses um, or just don't agree to them and just say, look, I, I agree to the contract, but I don't agree to that because if I'm unhappy with you, I'm, I'm quitting. So um, <clears throat> otherwise. So uh, how's no, things I, with the new, how's things with the new letting agent? Um, good. It's so this letting agent, so I took another property off a different agent uh, last Monday or something. And then by Sunday, he had seven viewings physically. Um, wow. Yeah, physically, which, you know, it's not whatever. Um, and two offers. And one was, a, I would say, quite a clear winner. And that tenant actually lives a couple of doors down the road, submitted all her details. It's in referencing. She's been on it. Um, she's given a higher bond because she has a, a little Labrador and, um, she is, um, also, what else is she doing? She's also giving a guarantor when she doesn't necessarily need to. So she's given a homeowner guarantor, a higher bond, and she's on maternity leave. She'll be back at work soon. So it looks like a very good tenant. And this agent, to be honest, is just a lot better to communicate with and helpful. So it's a one man band, I think maybe him and his partner, I think run it, but yeah. So uh, that's it. I mean, in terms of the world, what we spoke about last week, um, I've, I've blocked and unfriended a lot of people, uh, especially on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, you know what they say, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just like, you don't have to, I'm doing a podcast on this, but you don't have to share your opinion. You can always just listen first, you know, like a networking event. You wouldn't rush in. Well, maybe you would, and you're probably a dickhead if you do this and say, oh, no, I love HMOs. What are you talking about? HMOs. Yeah, HMOs. No, HMOs. Mad. Yeah, yeah, really important. When people are standing there talking about buy to let, like you just wouldn't do that. It's just a bit silly. But a lot of people, you know, they, they, um, they get riled up and they, they suddenly appear and have opinions on stuff that really, you know, hasn't ever affected them and won't ever affect them. And it's like, oh, hold on a minute. You're not this passionate about your fucking career or your, or your mm. properties. Like, Where's your sudden passion come to go against something that is logical? So yeah, there's a lot of idiots. I'm going to do a podcast on that. And a lot of people. I got to agree with you, man. There's been a lot of waste men just coming out of the woodwork and just suddenly they've got opinion on, you know, racism and all kinds of stuff and topics. And you're like, what? I've never seen you talk this much about your property journey. And now suddenly you're this guy, you know, this advocate for this and that. And you're no, no, get out of here, man. You're a fraud. And most of them are advocates against um, human rights, strangely enough, mm. or whatever you want to call it. And it's like, yeah, where did you... And actually, people, a lot of people are deleting their posts. So a lot of people put something out and then delete it. And I said this before, you can delete what you said, but you can't delete how it made someone feel or the judgment of mm-hmm. you. That judgment is made. So you're fucked. If you posted it 
the judgment is done. You have lost your friends and you've made other friends, of course, your other, you know, supremacist friends, etc. Um, but I think a lot in the world has changed, like in terms of like in America, police reforms, things happening in the UK with statues being toppled, etc. Actually, even in Belgium and other places, I think for once, slowly, slowly, in the space of a week or two, changes are happening in the world um, and things are being discussed and you know certain parts of like i don't know how it works america but government or local council etc are doing things to change so people say you know protests don't work but if they're working in the most horrible country in the world to some extent they're gonna start to work in maybe a slightly more progressive place like here or europe so um keep up the good work and uh i'm also it's interesting actually james because the property celebrities haven't spoken I mean, one has, but that was just, I mean, I think that video was just a total joke. Um, like no one's spoken about it, which is like, I don't know. It's a little, do you think it's strange or is it, is it not expected? Um, do you know what? I think it's expected. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking, I don't think they want to say anything because they, they want to sit on the fence. They don't want to be Mr. Bad Cop or Mr. Good Cop, you know, and they don't really want to, I think it's a little bit naughty because they probably don't want to, you know, tarnish their brand or their name. Mm. And you think to yourself, look, this is a serious situation, man. Who gives a hell? You know, you need to speak up because it's a it's a life-changing thing that could change lives with you putting your opinion out there. But I think, no, I think a lot of people are protective of their brand. They're protective of um, their kind of following, their products, what they're selling. So they don't want to say shit. They want to keep their mouths out and just kind of hope they'll just disappear in the background. Mm. But I think, you know, the silence, I think Martin Luther King said, it, the silence of your friends is what you remember, not the words of your enemies. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, look, uh, most of the people who buy these courses, m- maybe, maybe most people who buy these courses or are their target audience uh, don't understand or believe in it. And therefore they know because it's about money. Um, if they talk about it, they don't want to piss off maybe probably what, 80% of their followers who may mm-hmm. not understand or not take the effort to understand and have too many opinions. Whereas there's 20% maybe who would be like respect, you know? So I think it's, I think it like anything is money, right? Like, you know, you saw, you finished watching 13th, right? Uh, no, we're three quarters of the way through it. Me and my, um, okay. Cause I'm watching it with my young son. We have to take it in small chunks. I can imagine it's, it's a he, lot. But he's, uh, he is, he, you know, he's a 10 year old and he's started to ask some serious questions and you're like, whoa, you know, uh, he's seeing this and I really mm. want, like you recommended it, it would be very good for him to see. So we're, we're digesting it very slowly, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of an eye open and I recommend it to anybody. Mm-hmm. 13th um, is, is mandatory watching. If you want to, well, you should want to, but if you, if you want to understand what's happening, uh, it's a great program to watch, but that is, and um, I don't know if you got to the part yet, but basically it's all about money. So I think people are not speaking about stuff because, you know, I mean, think about it. If, if, even if 50%, or your followers don't necessarily care or aren't too fussed about the issue when it's all over or whatever they think, then in a few months when they're back to doing, you know, physical events and sales, you know, how many people are going to call them out and say, you didn't talk about this. Mm -hmm. And, and even if they did in a live event, imagine you're at one of these things and they're in the middle of the whole, Oh, I'm in credit card debt. And then, (gasps) They came and they saved me like the Messiah of property. And then, <laughs> oh, excuse me, uh, sir, why didn't you comment about um, Black Lives Matter and, and George Floyd? And then they say, oh, well, I don't understand it. Most followers are going to support and say, yeah, you're right. It's better you stayed quiet. So it's one of these, like, it's your circle, isn't it? If you're in a circle of, this is separate, but if you're in a circle of idiots, you're probably going to be a bit of an idiot. Whereas if you're in a circle of high performers, you're more inclined to be a high performer. So yeah, we spoke about this before, mm. in it, your circle your circle yeah people you keep the company you keep your circle so this kind of leads us nicely or if it doesn't i'm going to make it lead us nicely into the topics of today which is your why and your motivation so uh we have some feedback also by the way anyone listening to this watching this we love feedback so like don't put it in this chat necessarily but send us a dm a message good bad constructive topics to discuss send us stuff um because yeah this is for you you know me and james can chat whenever this is for you so tell us what you what you want uh so we're talking about your whys so you know james what was that quote you said start us off with that quote that you're going to get printed on t-shirts 
Okay, so why why should your business be bigger than your why? You know, and Ooh. by that, I'll break that down. Why should your business be bigger than your why? I'll say it again. It sounds quite nice, doesn't it? So basically, if you know, if you know here, this is my why. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is what I want to achieve. Why would you want your business to be bigger than that? If your business is down here and it achieves your why, why are you trying to take your business to the next level if your why is not aligned with what you're doing? So that was a quote. I mean, very profound. I just had to take a moment there to, to breathe. <laughs> um, uh, so, right. So the first topic we have to discuss, and actually everyone, James has made notes today, which is unusual. It's unusual any of us make notes. I never make notes, but you, like, you've actually printed out the emoji thing and made notes. But the first topic is, what is your why? And how do you find it? So James, let's, let's start with you, because I think our whys are probably different because you like you have family, you have kids who are in different yeah, positions. Yeah. So tell me if you want, you know, what is your why and how did you discover it? Was there a moment? Uh, yes, there was, Ted. Yeah. So for a very, very long time, well, what I'm going to share with you guys is something called my, uh, here's my journal. Yeah. Now I've been writing in this, this is my why journal. Now people say, why are you always just writing the same thing over and over again? So this book holds all my, you know, goals, what I want to do. Yeah. And sometimes there's been weeks where I write the same thing. So on a Monday, the goals will be exactly the same. On a Tuesday, they're exactly the same. Thursday, you could look through this book and you think, hold on a second, this guy is just repeating shit. He's just writing it over and over and over again. So when I started doing this, I started writing my personal goals because I wanted to get them confirmed in my head on what I was trying to achieve before I came to my actual why. So my why didn't come about straight away. It took a why. It took a while for my why to develop. And my why, I'll share it with you, is pretty, pretty simple, man. And my purpose is pretty simple as well, is to become an award-winning property developer known for building high-tech houses, yeah, quirky designs in small spaces. The purpose behind this, the why behind this is so that the people that rent from me or, or, or buy from me have the highest quality of life. So my why was very, very simple in terms of property and what I wanted to do, build high-end quirky houses, um, you know, that offer the highest standard of living to somebody else. Now, you need to have a clear purpose on what you're doing. And then you've got to ask yourself, why have I got that? Why have I got that purpose there? Now, some people say, oh, my why is I want to have shitloads of money. Now, that's not a proper why, man. That is how can you say my why is to have shitloads of money? It's just really confusing because money is just a byproduct of everything that you're doing. Your why, it needs to, you know, what is it that gets you out of bed in the morning? Why are you getting out of bed in the morning? Yeah. And why should anyone care? So ask yourself that. Why every morning are you getting out of bed? What is it that you're, you're trying to get towards? Um, do you even know what you're trying to get towards or are you just getting up every single morning and plodding along and just thinking, you know what, I want to get into property. I want to be a property developer, but I don't actually know what I want to do. Now, Ted says this very, very well. I've heard him say this before. You need to reverse engineer this. Yeah. You need to know where you want to be and then work backwards. And that I think very, very, very nicely will lead you to your why and you will know what it is that you're trying to do. Um, so, and a why can be something very, very simple, but it needs to have a purpose to you. Um, Ted, do you want to share your why? Yeah. So, you know, I think my why is, is very similar. So I don't write my goals down every day. I don't even look at them. And actually, I think, well, every now and then I do like, but for me, my... well, when, you know what they say, Ted, when you don't write it down, it's just a fantasy. Yeah. When it's on paper, you're committed to it. You keep looking at it. You keep I don't like killing it. trees. So I do it digitally. Uh, I mean, so um, do it at all. well, I don't write them down because they're already they're already written down. So um, for me, like the the business why is pretty much exactly what you said. It's creating wonderful spaces that are functional, designed well, and are comfortable and and reliable in brackets for people to live in over a long time in areas where uh, everything's magnolia, everything's a bit crap. It's not renewed. It's not looked after. It's like things are falling off the bloody walls. And, you know, it's changing something. It's having an impact in whatever I do, whether it be podcasting, whether it be be property, um, but it's about having an impact. I think the personal why is probably 
within the same sort of umbrella that we'd all say, which is like freedom, right? Which is literally being able to get up one day, be like, nah, fuck this, get the ricotta cheese, get the Xbox and just sit there all day. Like just to be able to do something like that and not even think, where's the money coming from? Who's paying the bills? Who's paying the, who's paying for the stakes this month? Like it's just, it's just to be free and be secure. And that's why I do buy to lets because they're boring vanilla and the most passive you can get. Um, but you know what? Like the, I think, you know, we are saying, how did you find your why? I think it was the design of property. So watching grand designs, amazing spaces, and then coming into property and then designing properties, it's like, Oh, okay. Like this is what I love. You know, every time I buy a house, yes, it's a 350 quid a month, extra cash flow or 20 grand flip profit. I don't really, you know, yes, it's on the spreadsheet, but what I really think is, ooh, new kitchen, new bathroom. Mm. Ooh, what color are we using? Let me go online and look at a hundred different shades of gray. Let me find the exact one I want. Like that is my, I think, you know what? I think there's a micro Y and a macro Y. I know Gary Vee kind of says that about other stuff, but I'm going to coin this term. Micro Y for me is interior design. The macro Y is the freedom, the uh, the the holidays the being able to basically do what you like right so i think what do you think james do you think there's a micro and a macro why uh, yeah i think i think there is yeah you know i just wanted to get back to a point where you said one thing i said that i wanted to build my why was to build high-end houses that people are really going to love living in i just i wanted to hit on a point so during covid that new build that i built that one bedroom that was all swanky that looked really nice i got a call from the lady over there and she said to me she goes james I just wanted to say, you know what, being in lockdown has been such a pleasure in this house because, you know, you've thought everything out and it's been so lovely. And then only the other day when I was looking through my book and I realized that, yeah, my why was to offer these people high end living, you know, so they can live the best possible life. And then you kind of smile because you think, damn, I actually did that. I wanted to produce something that offered high high-end living and it's done that for someone you know so i, I wanted to add that sorry previously but i, I kind of know that makes but sense yeah. i think yeah it's, it's when you hear that feedback it kind of reassures your why because you're like oh i'm actually doing what i'm what setting I I out to do. do yeah yeah which is nice because they're the ones who can give that feedback right um i think you know what's interesting it's interesting you write it goes on every day now I, I was thinking about this yesterday like i think me as a person you know you say to some people what's your main skill what's your thing? They say, Oh, I'm good at uh, being really creative. Or I'm like, I can do this in tech. I'm really good at spreadsheets. I find for me, my thing is I'm like a workhorse. I can work whatever. I can do whatever, whenever for as many hours as like, I don't need a, you know, I don't need to chill. I don't need, I can just work. And I have, and Mm. I think that is my like core skill is just, just being able to do whatever the hell needs to be done and just shut up and do it. And that's why, like, like I have a vision board. I have, you know, whys and all this stuff. But honestly, I barely think about them. Even when things are, are tough or challenging, I just, I just have such an innate drive just to do the task and to tick it off and to do something that I don't even need my whys or my vision board to motivate me. In fact, on my vision board, I have a picture. Um, it's near Portofino in Italy, in Liguria along the walk and it's a beautiful it's a famous picture i didn't realize i've been there and i've taken the exact famous picture like in my phone i was looking at it and i was like oh cool a year later i look at my vision board i'm like oh i've i've been to that random place which is like freaking hell and that shows you that i don't look at it or don't use it and i know we encourage people to do this right and it's like best practice but i, I don't know james I, I mean tell me if i'm doing something wrong but you know what, Ted? I, I think you've just answered your own question there. You know where you said you just can you can carry on working, you can carry on going. You don't realize that's because your why is so strong. Your why to succeed and your why to get to where you want to get to is so damn strong that nothing's going to stand in its way. And this is what people forget: when shit hits the fan, and when your back's up against the wall, when you're up against the ropes in a ring. You know, it's going to be your why that's driving you forward. You know, when you're being punched in the, I'm not physically being punched in the face, but when life's throwing punches in your face and beating the shit out of you, you got to remember, why am I here? Why am I doing this? Okay, I've got that goal. I've got that why. I'm heading towards that. 
And hell, I'm not going to let anything get in my way. Look at people like Mike Tyson, you know. He wanted to be the greatest boxer, and he was one of the greatest boxers. His wire was so damn strong that nothing ever got in his way of him achieving it. So tunnel vision to get into where he needed to get to. And I think it's the same with you, mate, where you say you can carry on working. You know, I'm very similar. You know, you could, I could do an all-nighter. I, could do, I used to be able to do two, three all-nighters. It's because the why was so flipping strong that even sleep, you know, I don't, I don't recommend this losing sleep because it's just stupid, but even sleep would take a backseat because you knew you had to get to where you wanted to get to. And I think, you know, you, you probably don't see it, you know, subconsciously. It's your why that's driving you forward and letting you get everything you need to get done and just work when most people on a Friday would be sitting there thinking, you know what, I need to watch that Netflix series. I need to have a beer. I need to have a pizza and chill. Your why is so damn strong that it's, it's just going to carry on carry on driving you and picking you up when it needs to and i think that's how strong your why needs to be um that when things are bad your why just comes in and says hey 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 this is just a challenge man but me and you are much bigger than this me and you me and you and the why we got this this challenge is minor we can sort this Mm -hmm. and then you know maybe for people listening who are are struggling to find their why do you think there's a process i know you said kind of reverse engineering but do you think sometimes the why just hits you out of nowhere and you look at your kid and you're like oh my god that's my why or you look you know like or do you think anyone can reverse engineer and process their way to a why yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i think people can create their why you don't have to have it straight away i don't think it comes straight away it's something that's developed over time and your why might change as you go along um i find Number one, what I say always is you need to kind of just break yourself down as a person, first of all, and work out why are you on this earth? What are you doing? Are you here just to plod along and get through? Do you just want to wake up, go to work, come home, chill? And that's absolutely fine if you want to do that. But I'm sorry, we're human beings, man. We're here to strive. You know, we're here to, we're here to do big things. We're not here to just settle for mediocre and 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 the norm you're here to do some serious shit with your life so i would say work out what it is number one that's driving you because everybody's got something driving them everybody's got a passion everybody's got something they love to do so you need to work out what that is number one and then i think from there work out where you want to be in what does your ideal life look like if your ideal life looks like I want a £25,000 or a £50,000 month rent roll. Uh, It's all good saying that figure, but work out how are you going to get there? How are you going to get to £50,000 a month? You know, that was one of my targets. And I knew I needed, what, 16 HMOs or I needed 15 HMOs, you know. Um, And then you work backwards from that and you think, okay, I need 15 HMOs. How how am I going to make this happen? How does Mm. this shit happen? It's not... Oh, you know what? Let me see if uh, Mr. Patel's selling 15 HMOs and I'll buy them off of me. It don't work like that. So you really need to you need to work it out and break all this shit down and get it into small, manageable chunks. Um, you know, ultimately, you got one life, man. And the only thing that's guaranteed is we are heading towards death. And, you know, I say this all the time. Death is fast approaching. Some people think that's a sad thing to say, but no, it's not. If you knew tomorrow was the last day on earth, it's the last day you're going to ever do anything. I can guarantee you it will be the best damn day of your life because you will not waste a minute. Now, the beauty of life is nobody knows when they're going to die. So if you started treating every single day as, you know what, today might be my last day. You ain't, trust me, you are not going to oversleep. You are not going to waste your time flicking through Facebook. Not that it's a waste of time. Um, You're not going to do some stupid uploads. You're going to use that day to the best of your ability to get to where you need to get to. And I think if you have that thought in your mind that ultimately this is all going to end for you and you only very, you only have a limited period of time. um, I think that will help you really get things into order and, you know, um, be, be hard on yourself. I was hard on myself. You know, I wanted to set myself some big goals and, you know, um, reward yourself and and kind of punish yourself if you don't get these things you know and i think that works really really well to kind of motivate you um yeah yeah. i agree that's those are good points and i think also your why and your motivation then as you said they're links to your goals so 
your goals can inform your why, but your why can also inform your goals. So you kind of, mm. you know, when you're making your goals, you know, it's kind of a circular process. They'll kind of help each other. Um, and there's not like one comes first. So James, you know, we Look, said, but, sorry, on. bottom line is Ted, if somebody's not making the progress in their life that they know they can make it, the, the, the bottom line is your goals are not clearly listed. You know, if you're not making the progress you want to make, but you know, deep down, you can make this progress. It all comes down to your goals not being clearly listed. You've got something modeled up in that whole process there. And do you write down your why every day? Like you're like a sort of, not not the business why, maybe your personal why. Do you write it down or look at it every day? What's your relationship with that? Um, you know what? I'm probably a little bit bad at that because I would say my business why has always been the number one. But obviously losing a business, you start to realize, actually, you know what? There's other things that are just as important. Now, one thing I would say is when you are writing your why, don't just give one area your full focus because what's going to happen is if your kids are important in your why, if your wife's important, if your family life's important in your why, what's going to happen is all of that is going to suffer and then you're going to realize, actually, my why was always a waste of time because I've excluded all those people. So um, I don't write my family and my personal why as much as I should do. I do have it there. And you're right, I should write it every other day, at least so I remind myself. The reason why I write it is so when I'm writing it every single morning, I'm kind of just reiterating it in my mind that, hey, this is what you wrote. How far are you from there? If you don't have, if you can't measure it, how can you improve it? If you can't mm. measure it, how can you grow it? You know, if you can't measure it, you're literally pissing in the wind. And what happens if you piss in the wind? Comes back exactly. hits you, doesn't it? It comes back and hits you in the face if it's a windy day. And that's not a feeling you want to have, man. So get this shit written down so you can measure it. Oh, that, that's a good point. You know, and I'm kind of seeing the benefit of writing the goals down. I think like, I think also, you know, it depends on your, and again, this just my view depends on your, your like mental structure and how your mind works. I tend to kind of like a little bit of chaos and a little bit of um, like just knowing what's going on, not necessarily writing everything down. And mm-hmm. so I know the, the psychology of writing it kind of makes it more real, but I see your, I, I see why you'd write it down every day or every week or every, whatever it is. Um, I think it's a good idea and maybe it's something I will, I will do once lockdown is over when I can actually work towards my goals. You, you know, goals. when I, you know, when I don't write it down, there are times I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. There's times when I won't write it down for a while. You find when you don't write it down, you're kind of like, Oh man, what just happened there? You know, I've kind of, diverted off only this morning i was saying to you and i'm i'm not afraid to admit i was saying to ted this morning look i need to take a couple of days off man because i'm just i feel that i'm overworked overwhelmed with things you know you know what it's like ted if you're running a podcast you're doing social posts you're doing this you've got deals going on solicitors legals there comes a point when your brain goes you know what hey man (laughs) you you just step back for a minute take a day out man you need to you need to just um realign everything because it gets to a point where you know, you're thinking, oh man, I'm so overwhelmed. And you don't want to get to that because if you get to a stage where you're so overwhelmed with everything, you're not going to be productive at anything. You're just going to be pottering around doing this, doing that. And you're going to get so pissed off at yourself because you haven't done what you were supposed to do. So that's what I'm saying. When I don't write my goals down for a long period of time, I start doing other stuff and I'm kind of like, my goal might be here and I might be over there somewhere doing something else. And I'm thinking, oh man, how did I get there? How did that happen? Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting way to keep it on track. Yeah, I like that. I have a spreadsheet tracker which tracks my goals with like colors on when what like green when it's achieved, orange in progress, red when it's not. So, yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing. Now, you know, the next topic is uh, when your why matters, and we've kind of already gone through it. But I think, you know, really when times are good and when the money's flowing and when, I mean, yeah, your why is important and you're thinking about it, but it's not really supporting you it's not really gonna help you necessarily then when it is gonna help you is when things are going wrong when your builder disappears Mm -hmm. when a bad job is done when a tenant messes the house up when you have bad agents like james had when you're struggling to find investment money when you're struggling to find deals that's when you're going to be like (sighs) and then you're going to need to remember your why and your goals and then you know if your why is strong enough and you truly truly believe in it that will mean that actually those bad times they're bad of course they're a challenge they're, they're a hardship it's what, what creates us you'll kind of be propped up a little bit and say yes i know there's bad times but it's worth 
doing it because of what I'm going for. Whereas when you're in a job you don't like and things get tough, your sort of first thought isn't, oh yes, think about this, how much I love my making my boss really rich and how much I love having to be here at nine and I have to stay till seven. Yeah, you don't think that at all. So when you're working in a job you don't like, your why is just totally like, you know, well, you have a why obviously, but it's not, you know, it's not the same passion and level of control, which is why people quit jobs they don't like. So mm. it's something that will push you through in your own business. Whereas if you work for someone else, it may not. Um, so it's important that like you use it and think about it and look at your vision board and look at your goals and your whys. If you're not doing it every day, like James is, then do it when things get tough, you know, just look at the vision board, stare at it. If you want to go on holidays, go on Instagram and look at the places you want to go because just seeing them and the feeling of what it's like to be there can sometimes be enough to just get mm-hmm. you up and get you going. Um, and it's interesting when you said about what gets you up out of bed, James, because I think like if you don't have stuff to do and you're not excited about what you're doing, like right now during lockdown, I'm not, racing out of bed i'm having to sort of pick myself up a little bit because i'm like yeah i ain't doing much um i'm I'm writing my book i'm editing it it's nearly done um i you know but before when i was like i got solicitors to email i got stuff to do i was like yo i'm up i'm out let's do this so i think it kind of varies um and maybe sometimes against what you said maybe your why doesn't always get you up out of bed maybe it's actually the tangible physical um, Listen, tasks you're if doing. Your, if your why is not getting you out of your bed, it's not strong enough. Simple. If well, your why doesn't get you out of bed every single morning and make you want to be a better Teji, there's something wrong. All right? Simple as. No, I disagree. I think if you don't, if you're not, if I'm not excited about the day or I'm not like, oh, I have so much stuff to do, blah, blah, blah. But that's just an off day. That's not oh, going to yeah, happen. Maybe every, it is. It's not every yeah, it single day every that's going to happen. Just a yeah, little yeah, off yeah. day. Yeah, this happens like it's more in lockdown normally. Yeah. But if it wasn't lockdown, it would probably happen. Yeah, once every whatever couple of weeks. But now it's it's more often because there's not necessarily a lot to to do right now. So, um, James, let me ask you something. When you're having an something. off day, yeah. When you're having an off day. You said this before. You play a bit of PlayStation. Is it PlayStation or X- you play Xbox. a bit of Xbox? So you bust out a bit of Xbox. You just take some Tedge time. How great do you feel after like you've that. done that? Are you focused again, ready to hit your task when you've just taken a moment out away from everything else and just thought, you know what? I just need this time just to chill. I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not doing any social posts. I'm just going to reboot. How does that make you feel? Does that keep you? Does that get the fire lit again for what you're doing? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I'm, as long as I fully dissociate phone away, everything away. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. it gets me, it, it gets me lit again. Mm. And that's what I was saying to you this morning. I feel I need 48 hours of that myself because it's been a long time since I've done that just to kind of, you know, even if it's just a mooch around in the forest with the family walking around, put the phone off just to reboot and go back again. Yeah. That's a good point. And um, I think the next thing is, is we've titled it tough times and motivation. So, you know, your why is I think intrinsically linked to your motivation because again, I think it's a circle, you know, you, you haven't got a good why you're not going to be motivated, but if you're not necessarily motivated enough, then your why may not be strong enough because you don't believe in it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I, I like think, how you did that. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's life, the circle of life. Uh, so I think, um, Raj Karen says, uh, he called me Ted. He's met me. Don't know why he's calling me Ted. Uh, I find Ted. it. <laughs> he says, I find it hard to believe you have any time for Xbox. Yeah. Um, I, I do now on the weekends, um, because my girlfriend is socially distancing from me at any opportunity she gets. So yeah, I have lots of time to play Xbox. Um, right. So motivation, James, are there things you do that like, can motivate you let's give people some tips yeah that if they're not feeling motivated whether it's a chronic lack of motivation or it's a one-time lack of motivation what do you do james what gets you pumped up and what gets you motivated again okay okay so when it's a one-time motivation and you just need a little you know you need a little lift me up i Mm. find when i'm out 
in the mornings running or out walking or whatever, I find sometimes, you know, on YouTube, you've got some of those motivational speeches where someone's put something together. Where you can fire. do it. Just prove to yourself. And then Muhammad Ali's in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's as small as that just to lift you up. And you might only need that. You know, it's like an old car when you used to have to jumpstart a car or, you, you know, your uncles would push the car down the road and get it started for all those <laughs> older people who had cars where the battery would go flat and the alternator was so dodgy and you were so <laughs> tight you didn't want to spend any money on it. You know, that's how I feel. Some Leave it out. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel sometimes. You know, sometimes you're like, okay, I'm plodding, I'm plodding, I'm plodding. I just need that rocket to be lit. And those things sometimes can, can, can really, really lift you. Or just watching a motivational video on someone who may have changed their circumstances or changed their life. It may be something as small as that to lift you up. Now, look, I ain't going to say that those videos are going to change your life because they're not. If you're in the gym and you're going for your best deadlift and you've got something like that playing in your ears, let me tell you something. That's going to have a major effect. If you've got Arnie in your ears telling you, you can do this, you're going to lift it. You know, it's psychological as well. It's there in your head. It's playing. It's going to help you. But I don't think it's any long-term help. But so it's a small, it's just a small little ignition you need sometimes to, to keep you, just to give you that lift and give you that boost. So I use them every so often. Um, I think another thing is if you're lacking motivation sometimes, it may be time to just revisit your goals and your and your why. Just have a quick look at them, reassess them and think, okay, uh, this isn't working, this isn't working. It may be that there's something in your goals or your in your why that needs to be slightly tweaked to just get you back up again. Um, that's why I think it's very important to just just to keep reviewing stuff. And, you know, like you said, you need to measure stuff. And if you can't measure it, how are you going to get results from it? I mean, what do yeah. you do when you need to kick up the ass? Uh, I think, um, I guess sometimes, <laughs> sorry, I sometimes look at the liabilities, you know, you look at the liabilities that you owe when oh, you've got yeah. a portfolio and you owe money to yeah. the bank. Sometimes that's enough to give you the kick up the ass to get out of bed. You think, you know what? Damn, I owe this bank some money. They got a debenture <laughs> on my company. If I don't pay it, I'm going to be sleeping outside the house, looking at the house. Sometimes that's enough. Yeah, I think, yeah, looking at a bank account and seeing the interest payments going out and why is there no tenant covering this? Why is there no, mm. why is the house empty? Builder, why are you taking so long to do this? That is a big kick in the ass and a good motivator. I think now with lockdown, going into the garden and just looking at, literally looking mm. at plants, smelling yeah. the lavender and the sage and all the herbs, herbs, the oregano and stuff that we have. Um, it's quite nice going for walks. You know, like you said, walking in nature is like really, really like I it's bring priceless, in a lot of man. peace. It's priceless. It's priceless. And you know, wherever you live, maybe not central, central London, but there's still some nice areas of greenery and like where you can be pretty isolated. And I think um, in Japan, they call it forest bathing, where you kind of, you, don't worry, James, keep your clothes on. Um, you just go into a forest <laughs> and, you, and you bathe in the nature. And it's really, it meant to be really good for you. It's got, a, it's got a name in Japanese, but I, I can't remember it. Um, I think also uh, dancing, playing some music and just mm. busting down uh, helps me uh, to loosen up a little bit. Exercise. You know what? I think long-term motivation though, because none of us have touched on that. I think like things like your diet and your lifestyle and your mentality and your mindset and how you're viewing things can keep you motivated. Because I mean, look, if you take every rejection personally, when you put 50 offers in, and you got 49 rejected, you've just been like shot 49 times in your emotional centers of your brain. That's like mm-hmm. a lot to take. Like that's, that, you know, it's like, it's like James on an eye out when he was young. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> You're good today, man. You got some good shots coming out. I know, I'm ready. The internet's been pissing me off. just straight past on my head. <laughs> I've been fighting the internet lately, so I'm ready. Uh, so, you know, you can't take it personally. So in the long term, if your mindset is 49 no's, well, I got one. Yes. So whatever, then you're going to be happier in the long term because it it didn't mean anything. And so your mindset can affect your long term. But look, diet and, you know, fitness and things like this is something that like people don't talk about too much in property, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. But I assume, and I I guess I can see most property investors are entrepreneurs. They are. So they generally tend to look after it, but you'd think they would look after themselves because it's quite if you're an entrepreneur and if you're in that kind of spirit 
and you have that mindset of excelling in business, you're probably going to excel in your health, your lifestyle as well. Like I think naturally yeah. that can kind of go together. Um, so let, yeah, let, me, think, let me just, sorry, let me just add to that. You know, where you said with diet, eating well, you know, it's just small, smart choices, you know, plus consistency plus time that, you know, that equals radical differences. So you make a, you decide that you're going to eat healthy. Now you may only knock off a couple of hundred calories a day from what you're eating. Cause you want to get a little bit fitter. But if you're doing that consistently over a period of time, you're going to have some radical changes. So, you know, it's not that you have to go cold turkey and think, you know what, I'm just going to stop boozing completely. Um, Cause that would be pretty radical. But if you said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to booze once a month or I'm going to really start taking care of myself or I'm going to eat less of this. If you keep doing that consistently, consistently over a period of time, it's compounding and you're going to have a radical, radical change before you know it. Put it this way. If you went for the next 12 months and you read, say 10 pages or five pages every single night of a book, what do you think is going to happen in 12 months time? You ain't going to be thick anymore, are you? You're going to be pretty damn clever. You're going to be further down your line. And it's the same thing with food. If you decided, you know what, I'm going to improve my food, but I'm going to do it a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit over 12 months, be consistent at it. What will happen? You know, you're going to have a radical result. And it's the same thing with property. Like you just said, Ted, you find a house, you may be putting in loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of offers eventually one of those offers is going to get accepted and you're going to be way better than you were 50 offers ago because you hadn't put in 50 offers. You put in 50, you're in a different place. And I think that's the way you need to look at your goals as well. You yeah. know, small, tiny steps over a period of time consistently equals to results. 100% compound effect. Uh, I got the book. Darren I mean, Hardy, it, was, it, was a lo- it was a lot of book for a very simple concept that could look, be summarized. It sits on my desk all the time. Because it's such a great damn book, man. I didn't. I just think you could tell everyone the whole book in like two sentences. Like, go on, you could. Well, you could, but what? But what I mean is, for somebody who's not read this book, this is a powerful little book, man. And you you can always refer to it. If you've never, if you're new to business and like that effective, like if it's your first ever business from going from being employed, that book is incredible. That book is incredible. Um, Sandy says another uh, long-term motivation is basic perspective of life. Um, so again, I think that's a good point. It's, it comes to your mindset of how are you understanding your reality and like who you are on the, in the universe and in the world, right. And looking at how, maybe how irrelevant we all are as, as little humans, um, to the planet. So James, the last point yes, we had sir. to talk about was, uh, and you, you kind of uh, maybe confused about this one is, are you in the right job now? When I say job, I mean career, vocation, day-to-day living. If, if you're really struggling to set goals, now, not to set goals, but if you're struggling to actually work towards the goals or you're struggling with a why that relates to your current job or your business or your career and you know, you're just not feeling motivated long-term and sort of daily, then you know, there comes a point where, yeah, you know, it could be having off days. It could be a lack of guidance, a lack of motivation, but what, you know, maybe we need to stop and consider, is it actually that this is not right for us? Are we actually in the wrong, are we doing the wrong thing? And like, I think, especially when you're young or or again, if when you're young in business starting out, it can be easy to do because, (laughs) how do you know what you like? You know, like it's your first business, you've left your your job. How do you know what is going to be your passion for the next 40 years? How are you supposed to know? Like, so when you started your print business, you know, was it, a you know, did you know straight away, love it, passionate, this is my thing done? Um, I knew that I knew very, very early on that I couldn't work for someone. Um, very, very early on, you know, I, I told you I was a trained teacher. I worked in high schools and I knew I, I absolutely hated the job. It wasn't that old te- teaching aspect. It was the aspect of being controlled by somebody for the next 40 years that done it for me that I'd have to turn up at a certain time. I'm going to have to be there at a certain time. I have to just, they are going to decide when I go on holiday, they're going to decide how much free time I get. So for me, very early on, I knew that I hated that, that part of life. So in order to change that, I needed to do something. You know, if I know my situation's bad and I don't like it, what am I going to do to change it? I'm not going to sit there and mope around and think, oh, you know what, maybe it'll get better. 
it ain't going to get better because it's not. You've got to make it better. So I realized I had a passion for, you know, I was always into design, love design, love changing things, love improving things, and love making things look good. Um, and that's how I led into the print business. And for me, the print business gave me a lot of freedom. And it also put a lot of pressure on me because it meant I had to go out there now and find work. Now, if I wasn't finding this work, I wasn't going to get paid. And I soon realized that was such a driving force for me. And I absolutely loved it. You know, I absolutely loved that kind of whole aspect of being in control of my own destiny. Now, I think if you're in a job that you don't like, I think number one might be that you might want to change that job. It might be as as easy as just making a few little tweaks and you'll realize, okay, you know what? That organization wasn't right for me. Their culture wasn't right for me. I'll move into this one. Damn, I'm so happy now. So it might just be a small thing. But if you're going consistently through life and you're thinking, you know what? I've been an accountant now for a year. I hate it. Two years, I hate it. Three years, I hate it. You're up to five years and you hate it? You absolutely hate it. You need to get out. You need to do something else. That's your mind and your body telling you, look, man, this isn't, this isn't doing it for us. This isn't our passion. This isn't exciting me. If you're in a job that you really love, you should be waking up in the morning thinking, you know what? Oh my God, I'm going to work today. I'm so damn excited because it, it should be exciting. And if it's not, it's up to you to explore other things and try and find something that really, really, you know, makes you happy and makes you think, you know, I'm going to be happy doing this for the next 45 years of my life or 50 years or whatever it is. And while you're in a full-time job, why not use that time to explore other ideas? Why not explore things? Because you've got a safety net. You know, your safety net's there. You're still going to be paid every month. Use that time. Um, when I, Ted, when my business went under and I had to go and work for someone, yeah, it, you know, my family thought it was great. You know, my mom was like, oh, you are getting such a good salary. He giving you expense card. She goes, you can do what you want. I was like, but I realized very early on when I'm getting on that tube, I'm standing there with my arm up like this, yeah? Mm. And you know what? This is a really sad thought, but I thought to myself, this is how animals must be feeling in the zoo, man. Because I'm, I'm just, I'm here. I'm what? confined in this space. Someone's telling me that I need to be somewhere at a certain time. I'm getting stressed out when there's delays on the train that I'm not going to make it into work on time. My boss is going to have a go at me. And I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to do this. And even after a failed business, it only took me three weeks to realize, hell no, I could not work with anybody. I stuck it out for six months. In that time, I planned my, my rebirth, so to say, and I quit. I quit. And most people wouldn't do that. Most people are used to that safety net. So you need to decide, guys. Life, you got one life. Yeah, that's guaranteed. Death is fast approaching. That little bit in between, you might as well do something that you enjoy because otherwise you're going to you're going to end up doing something that you absolutely hate. So, you know, that's my take on it. I think, you know, to add to that, when you're in your own business, you know, James said you could, with your job, you could change a little thing. You could change job. You could find a place with a different culture. When it's your own business, it could just be that you hate bookkeeping and you hate uh, writing blogs. So you outsource them. Mm -hmm. And actually, once you outsource them, you're like, oh, I, I really like this, this business now. It's become so much easier, you know? Like you could mm. just want to do one function of it and really, really love it. So then outsource the rest because you're the business owner. You are the CEO. You decide what happens and you make your business work to you. And I think it's, you know, it, it's hard, especially with family pressures, um, maybe even cultural pressures when you're in a job that's paying good or whatever and you don't like it, but it's, you know, it pays the bills and then you grow up and you got a mortgage and you got bills and you got pets and you got kids and you're like, Oh, I can't quit now. Then you, Oh, I can't quit now. I can't quit. And it's like, it just, it's just a vicious cycle. Then you go to a property course, you spend 10 grand on it. And you, you know, that's the, the story, right? Don't do that. Like I'm not saying quit your job instantly or anything like that, but just really take time to think about it. Right. Because you know, like James, you have one life. You don't need to be unhappy. You can make money doing whatever you want what that little you on um youtube he makes like 10 million a year unboxing stuff oh daddy mm. look at me i'm unboxing a little toy 11 million that's so boring i'd never watch that but but somebody some, is yeah a, a lot of people are like you know look at influencers like look at people who are making so much money doing all sorts of dumb dumb stuff or, or stuff that adds nothing no value to society you can, unload, you can make money doing anything if you have 
something in you that will allow you and push you to do it. Um, and, you know, we could argue not everyone has that. Maybe everyone can be taught that. I don't know. But um, like have a safety net of some savings or like a side business, mm-hmm. but take that step because the worst comes to worst. If you fail and you're like, you know what? I don't actually want to run my own business. I don't want to do anything. You can go and get another job. I mean, I've hired people when I was a recruiter who did that. And we just had a blunt convers- open conversation where they said, it wasn't for me, but I've learned a lot. And I was like, actually, you probably did learn a lot. You're the kind of person I want to hire. Not someone who maybe has, who just come straight from a job because you took a chance. It shows that you have some risk appetite, but also you had the awareness to realize it didn't work. But you also learned a lot about being entrepreneurial. Come join. You know what the wor- you know what the worst thing is, Ted? Having regret. You don't want to go through your life. You don't want mm. to be sitting on your deathbed or in a hospital when you're ill, or you're old, and you're going to think to yourself, you know what? What if? What if? What if? You know, you don't want what ifs because what ifs will eat you, man. They will eat you big time. If you've got this fantastic idea, now is an even better time than ever to do it. You know, you got play. You got look. YouTube gives you your own TV channel. Come on, go back twenty years ago. You couldn't do that. Podcast mm-hmm. gives you your own radio station. You know, Facebook. It could be all. You know, you, you can broadcast. You can get out there. It isn't like it used to be. So it's even easier than it was. But I say to everybody, the last thing you want in life is a whole load of regrets, man, because I'd rather fail a hundred times and just say, you know what? I tried that. I've canceled that off my list. I tried that. I canceled that off my list because all it's going to take is that one time out of that hundred where it does work. And you're like, damn, I'm so glad I did that, you know, rather than thinking, oh man, I'm still working for that bank. I absolutely hate it. I should have done this. I should have done that. And now I'm almost dead. You know? Simple I think Wayne, uh, Wayne Gretzky said it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So mm-hmm. if you don't shoot your shot, you ain't never going to make a, a three-pointer or a goal, whatever happens in sports. Right, James. Um, I think we've reached the end of the podcast today. Actually early, but we have some questions on Instagram. Now, Instagram Live is going to end in four minutes. So I'm going to try... <laughs> And uh, ask some questions. We got some good feedback. Great guys, love Thursday morning. You just got to believe in yourself. Believe in you can achieve. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Uh, lots of uh, thumbs up. Uh, very good point, James. Debt is a motivator. There's some math, maths in here as well. Uh, questions, questions. If anyone has any questions, by the way, ask them now. And on Zoom, you can ask them now as well. Uh, my dad gave you a thumbs up, James. Oh, did he? Is he on this? What's his name? He's on instant. I'll tell you his name afterwards. He's on. He's on Insta Live. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning me to connect. We're the same age. <laughs> I know you. Are. My new buddy. <laughs> you're you're my touch, isn't it? Uh, I got Ted Senior. <laughs> um, do you put deadlines against your why? Um, I would personally say I put deadlines against my goals, not the whys. Yeah. Are you, yeah? If you uh, don't put a deadline on it, you're just gonna forever be doing it. You, know, you need smart need goals, some... right? Specific, mm-hmm. measurable, achievable, r- realistic, time-bound, I think. First used in 1918, I believe. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, uh, is it just me or does Tej now look like a footballer with his new headband? Yeah, I did. I took it off. It was hurting my head too much. It's not made for adult-sized heads, obviously. It's obviously from the kids' section <laughs> of Claire. Claire's. Is that even still a, still a store? <laughs> Uh, cool. So I think we have uh, no regrets. Follow your passion. Hundred, hundred, hundred. Lots of hundreds. Hundred. Uh, cool. So I think that covers it, James. No questions in the in the Zoom. Wait. There are. I think there may be. Uh, Mo, it's got a question. James, you do HMOs. You want to answer that one? What's the question? Um, if I convert a property into a four bed HMO, will I need to apply for a HMO mortgage? Um, uh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. You're going to have to find out from your, uh, who's your broker. It should be Shaz Ahmed. If anything, it should yeah, be. I, I would, I would reach straight out to Shaz cause Shaz will be able to give you that. Actually, he was talking about HMO mortgages this morning on the 5am club. So yeah, reach out to Shaz, man. He'll be able to help you with that. Yeah. I think you do have to, cause it's still a HMO irrespective of beds. If, it, if it's a HMO is a HMO, but yeah, but I it all depends. Is he buying it as a house, converting it to HMO? Is he refinancing it as a HMO? I need a little bit more information than that. Yeah, Mohit, don't be an asshole. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. You know the rule. <laughs> right, cool. Um, everyone on Instagram live, we are going to tune out. If you just joined or you joined late, this will be live on our podcast on Monday and Tuesday. So go and have a listen. Uh, strong property. How many properties do we have in our portfolio? Okay. James, answer. Um, 
Right now? No, I've in got 10 a... years. What do you mean? Obviously right now. <laughs> my, 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 mine is probably close to about two and a half <laughs> mil. Okay, he said how many properties? Uh, that would be around... Okay, move on. Ten seconds left, James. Eight, eight properties. Eight, eight, eight yeah. I have 15 and mine's worth less. Bye, everyone. <laughs> is that Insta gone, yeah? Insta is off, baby. Oh, I forgot to get the cover yeah. art from you. That's fine. So, yeah. Um, so, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Um, we hope you enjoyed the episode today and i hope it makes you think maybe reflect on your whys um maybe go back to the drawing board maybe just look at your vision board if you haven't in a while um so yeah as we said any feedback please let us know send us dms send us messages and tell your friends tell your family um about oh, us oh and do and do take a screenshot of this and share it on instagram oh, yeah, me and james me and james will pose ready for your screenshots <laughs> right cool see everyone next thursday at 10 a.m great thank you guys bye-bye if you like this podcast connect with tej on facebook linkedin and youtube for more great content